Hey guys, you're in for a treat on today's episode of Making the Brand. We've talked about TV, music, and movies on this podcast, but this is the first episode about sports. And sports are a huge part of pop culture. But we won't just talk about sports on this podcast. We always tie it back to marketing. So today we're talking about sports memes on social media. Today's guest is Jared Gowan, who started the new and fast-growing meme account, Jordan Jamming. The account has over 50,000 followers on Twitter. It features a clip from the ESPN documentary, The Last Dance, where Michael Jordan has his headphones on, sitting on the bus, just bopping around, listening to music on his portable CD player. Jared has taken the clip and overlaid new songs, past and present, to help us imagine what Michael Jordan is really listening to. Of course, my personal favorite is I Want It That Way. I had to reach out to Jared after I saw that. So please join me in welcoming him as he explains the story behind the idea and what we can learn from meme culture. Welcome to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brianne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between, because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. All right, I am back here with Jared Gowan, and we're ready to talk about sports, memes, and specifically Michael Jordan memes, which Funny enough, between the crying memes and now with the Jordan jamming meme that you created, I think it's safe to crown Michael Jordan as the goat in this context, too. What do you think, Jared? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to think that my meme that I created may one day be as big as the crying Jordan meme. So Yeah, we could only hope. We'll set the bar high. <laughs> <laughs> well, we became fast Twitter friends, so I'd love for you to kick things off just introducing yourself and... Tell me what life has been like since you started the Jordan Jamming account a few weeks ago. For sure. So I'm 23 years old. I live in New Jersey and work at an ad agency in New York City doing media planning for Xfinity. So pretty much helping them decide where to put their dollars into marketing, into which platform. Um, my week, I mean, my life has definitely been crazy since, you know, Jordan Jamming blew up. I've been seeing myself in many different publications. I've been interacting with celebrities online. I've been interviewed by ESPN. So it's definitely been the craziest week of my life so far. Yeah. Do you feel like it's still picking up steam even you know, now that the last dance has ended? Or I'm curious, we'll get to it, but your long-term plans for this account, because I think it has a lot of potential. I mean, it's definitely not growing as fast as it did last week, but I've gone up in followers every day. I think mm -hmm. people are still discovering it, which is nice. So, Yeah, yeah. I think it will be timeless. So let's backtrack a little bit. I know you love basketball, and I went through your Twitter feed. This isn't just a coincidence that, you know, you kind of like basketball and you were just watching The Last Dance. Like, you're the real deal. You really love basketball. Um, but not to date yourself. I mean, I guess you already said you're, you're 23, but I'm – I'm curious to know, you didn't really grow up in the Michael Jordan era. So as a fan of basketball, what was it like just to kind of see his legacy play out and to get more context on his career? 
Yeah, it was awesome. Like, as you mentioned, I'm pretty young, so I didn't really have a chance to see Jordan firsthand. So mm-hmm. being able to tune in and learning about Jordan, you know, what he accomplished and his competitiveness was really awesome. And it really wasn't something I knew much about, despite being a huge basketball fan. So it was yeah. awesome. Was he more legendary than you even thought going into it? I think so, yeah. His competitive spirit is just absurd, and I really didn't expect that. Yeah, I, I really like how they shed so much light on him because he, he's gotten this reputation for kind of being a jerk in his sport, but now after watching it, it's like we kind of understand. He just wanted to win and wanted to bring out the best in people, and he went to the lengths that he had to to do it, so... Spoken like a true champion, I guess. <laughs> I agree with that. So you're watching the documentary and you get to this bus scene. Walk me through what it was like when you got the idea for Jordan Jamming and the steps you took to create it from there. Yeah, so last Monday on the 18th, I was just scrolling through Twitter. I saw the original video. I think he was listening to Kenny Lattimore, which I honestly didn't even know who he was until that video <laughs> but I saw the video and I really thought it'd be perfect just to replicate and add a bunch of different music on top of it um I've seen some similar accounts in the past just take one video and just put multiple songs on top of it so mm-hmm. just went for it did it yeah. came up with the first name Jordan Jamming that came in my head and put the account together yeah I love that because it's like alliterative and it was just a nice a nice fit so how quickly from after it aired I, I guess I don't really have I don't have a calendar in front of me, but May 18th, that was, I guess, the night afterward. So within 24 hours of that episode airing, you had your first your first tweet out there? Yeah, around like 12 hours after it aired, like oh, wow. early Monday morning. Uh-huh. <laughs> so how did you initially promote it? You just put one tweet out there. What was the first song you put over it? I think it was Mr. Brightside by The Killers because okay. I love that song. It's something I would jam out to, but I initially promoted it by... I think doing around three or four tweets, um, following a bunch of basketball-related people on Twitter just to get their eyes on it, and Absolutely. that's really where it blew up from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a smart strategy, and I, I wanted to learn more because it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, did you focus your efforts really just on Twitter, or did you ex- experiment with Instagram? What was your thought process as far as what platform would be best? Yeah, so I definitely started with Twitter and focused more so on that. I've since made a Spotify playlist and I've tried out Instagram and TikTok, but I think Twitter has seen definitely the biggest surge. Mm -hmm. And why do you think that is? I'm trying to wrap my head around why it's so perfect for Twitter. Um, I guess, like you said, because you can follow, you know, other people in sports and it's so easy to share versus Instagram. So. Can you walk me through some of the reasons why you think it's taking off on Twitter as opposed to other platforms? I think for like a couple different reasons, mainly because Last Dance really was all on Twitter. You know, everyone was discussing each episode on Twitter, sharing their thoughts about whatever happened in the story and just basketball in general is always found on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly, I think the fact that you, you could share someone else's content with ease, you know, on Instagram, if I made an account, it likely would not have been able to be shared as easily as it was on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So there's a variety of those two reasons. Yeah. I mean, on Twitter, you're really able to pick up on momentum in that moment while the show is still trending. There's a, an Instagram account that I like to follow. Maybe you've seen it. It's called uh, Chandler listening to your favorite album. Have you seen that one? I have seen that. It's pretty yeah. similar to my account. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, 
I mean, I think it works for Instagram because it's not, Friends isn't really timely anymore. There was no big heat around the show to try to capitalize on or trending conversation happening on Twitter. It's kind of just the still image that, you know, makes people smile. And I think it works for Instagram, but I totally can see your strategy there with Twitter. I'm glad it's, it's working out. So I think the mark of any good meme and why people just gravitate toward memes and why we love them so much is that they're so relatable. And the fact that you can overlay any song from any generation, no matter what your musical taste might be, I think it makes the Jordan jamming meme pretty universal. Would you agree with that? That it kind of can appeal to a variety of people? I definitely agree because, you know, everyone has that one song they jam out to or really adore. So to be able to see like such a serious competitive guy like Jordan, you know, partake in that similar act is just something that definitely resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. So tell us some of the songs. I know you said Mr. Brightside. I know you put I Want It That Way on there. What are some of the other songs and uh, how have you chosen which ones that you want to lay on the track or on the meme? Yep. I've done, I think, 50 or so songs so far, but I think the most popular ones were Unwritten by Natasha Benfield, <laughs> A Thousand Miles, Vanessa Carlson, and The Office theme song. So I've tried to do songs that I think that are universally loved and a lot of people would relate to. Uh-huh. I, I think those songs are so interesting because, um, aside from the Office theme songs, um, but the other two are pretty much like one-hit wonders that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of took over the world at one point and reached their peak, and now it's kind of cool to see their resurgence. I'm trying to think if there's any other one-hit wonders that would be good. Um, maybe Mambo Number 5. Do you know that one? Mambo Number 5 would be good. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm Call Me Maybe, which I think would qualify. Oh, yes. That would be golden. Yeah. <laughs> I'll look out for that one. So tell us more. I, I know you, you introduced yourself and said some of the uh, things that have been happening. You got some coverage in ESPN. Just give us more details about just the coverage that you've gotten from creating this account and the interest. Yeah, it's been crazy. I've seen like my name in various publications that I read on a daily basis, which has been absurd. I've seen my name in like a Spanish publication as well. So that's awesome. <laughs> um, I heard my account mentioned in some podcasts I follow. So oh. it's, it's definitely been pretty crazy. And yeah. then now there's like some labels trying to reach out to have their artist music featured in my account. So it's been cool. Super exciting. Yeah, that's really opening a lot of doors. And did I see you've gotten some celebrity retweets from some of the musicians? Yes. Yeah, so um, Miro from the show, Jesus and Miro, which is like a relatively big show, he actually put in a request to my personal account. So wow. I helped him out and chose a song that he requested. Mm-hmm. And then I think I saw Liam from One Direction. Right. Not yeah. One Direction anymore. Yeah, that's that's crazy. How are you managing the request? I saw you open an email account. Are you just kind of doing this in your spare time after work and just Yeah, it's it's been a lot of just checking emails post work on my, you know, separate Jordan Jeremy account. I'm extremely happy I did not choose my personal Gmail because it would just be flooded with song requests because every like ten minutes or so someone sends an email requesting a song. But yeah, all myself, all on the, the Gmail accounts I put in that bio. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, I guess the email helps with, um, you know, people really wanting to do like brand partnerships and things like that. But was there any strategy behind 
creating an email versus just having people tweet you and DM you? Yeah, I mean, I think G- the Gmail or that I created was purposely created for partnerships with labels or interview requests or anything business related. But, you know, mm-hmm. obviously people go to that to send in their requests. But I think tweeting my, like my account would be beneficial for a song request because that would help bring other people to the account. So ideally, people would tweet me their requests, but obviously they think that sending an email would be more of a direct line, so. Yeah, yeah, and it's probably easier for you to manage because I'm sure all of your tweets aren't requests, they're just mentions and your notifications are probably through the roof. So it's nice to organize those more straightforward requests and, and partnership opportunities via email. I totally, totally get that. So. Okay. I love that you have a marketing background too. It's like your two favorite things came together, marketing and basketball. So let's talk about memes in general from a marketing standpoint. When it comes to a brand social media content, what are the benefits of memes in your opinion? I think memes allow companies to come off as authentic and more of like a friend rather than a professional organization. So I think Mm -hmm. that's definitely a, you know, a top thing that comes to mind when doing memes on professional accounts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really humanizing. And I think, I think we want to feel like brands are our friends and they're not up in this ivory tower all the time. I loved the DiGiorno tweet, which I'm sure you you saw during the last dance um, about their delivery pizza during that scene. It's, it's little things like that, that makes us, you know, more attracted to brands because they're not just selling, selling, selling. They're, they're actually, they feel like one of us. So that's really cool. Yeah, they definitely allow like people to feel relatable to companies. Yeah, and it shows their their brand personalities. So it's clear that brands should be creating more memes. So what tips would you give to a company that wants to incorp- incorporate more memes into their content and their strategy? I think being authentic is definitely the number one thing. You know, you shouldn't really get involved in the meme unless it relates to your accounts. I think DiGiorno is a perfect example. Like pizza was a big part of the storyline. So they had the opportunity to bring up delivery pizza. But like if it doesn't really relate to your company, I'm not sure it's the best idea to get involved. Yeah. Um, and then second, secondly, I think that being timely is very important. You know, you, sh- you shouldn't really do a meme a week later after it hits Twitter. Yeah. And so I think being timely and being original and authentic would definitely be the two biggest things. Yeah. And because timing is so important, it's as if it's riskier almost because brands will feel this pressure to jump on a trend or a conversation while it's still hot. And sometimes it, it feels forced or they didn't think it through all the way. And it can kind of go sideways. So it's really, I wish it was more of a science, but I think it's it's not always black and white. There's a lot of gray area as far as what's going to take off, what's going to work or what will even sit well with people. So is there a brand that you think does a really good job creating memes? There's definitely a couple. I think Netflix, I don't know if they are like definitely a meme account per se, but they're definitely involved in like a snarky, like Twitter persona, Like they're Mm -hmm. always tweeting funny stuff. And I don't know if that's because like most of the content on Twitter relates to their shows or, they're just a good um, Twitter account in general, but I think that they really make an effort to come off as authentic and a friend and not a brand. Yeah, and I love that example because I think Netflix has a leg up a little bit because their shows become pop, uh, part of pop culture. So it gives them an easy 
foot in the door to contribute to pop culture conversations and to just have fun with it and to, you know, act like a fan of the shows and the, the movies that they're talking about versus trying to sell people on them. I think that's a great example. Exactly. Uh, another one. Yeah. I, think, um, I was going to say with Bird Box specifically, when that movie was a big thing, they really took advantage and shared a lot of memes relating to that. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I didn't even watch Bird Box, but everyone knew about it just because of the memes. So I think that really speaks to their power. It's such a, such a good example. And Netflix is really known for, for like two-way communication. Like they're always saying like, tell us what, uh, what city you live in and we'll tell you what movie to watch or just fun things like that um, where they engage. So I love it. I, I also really like Chipotle. I think Chipotle does a lot of memes. If you go through their Instagram account, it's, it's pretty much a meme account. It's so unpolished and, and just fun. Yeah. So I want to know what's next for you. It sounds like you've got all of these opportunities coming through. What are your long-term plans for this account? And do you think you have really the, the time commitment and the availability to, to keep it up in the long-term and then the bandwidth? Yeah, I mean, that's been a million dollar question this past week or so for me, you know, mm-hmm. obviously I think that the Jordan jamming meme will eventually die down. It can only last for so long in my opinion. So whether that will allow me to introduce new memes of other athletes and celebrities dancing or singing, mm-hmm. um, time will tell. But I think that's definitely something that the account will see in the future. Yeah, I heard, I, I don't know if it was completely confirmed, but I heard they're going to do a Tom Brady version of, uh, or like a docu-series. And I know they had the, the Lance Armstrong one that just came out. So you must be sitting in front of the TV and just waiting for that. Perfect. Yeah, ideally one of those has, you know, Tom Brady wearing beat headphones or something. Yeah, Yeah, that would be perfect. Um, I'm curious, do you feel like your background in basketball or I don't know if you have any dreams to get back into basketball in some way to like incorporate that into, you know, your job? Do you feel like this account could open that door for you and to to let you connect both of your passions for marketing and basketball? Yeah. So it's definitely introduced me to people at work in the digital content space, which I think is great. You know, it's, it's a portfolio for myself to say that I, you know, gained 50 K followers through a Twitter account. So Mm -hmm. whether I want to go into the digital content space or, you know, want to secure a different job in marketing, I think it would definitely help for sure. Yeah. I mean, what 2020 is wild. I mean, for a number of reasons, but for the fact that, this is something that you could put on your resume. Like, I feel like five, even 10 years ago, people would have laughed at, at millennials and been like, what are you doing? Like, go get a real job. Like, this isn't going to do any, anything for you. But now this is what brands want to see in the marketing space is that you can create community and that you recognize opportunities like this. So my hat goes off to you. That's really awesome that you, that you saw this opportunity and built upon it and that it's still, it's still growing. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> that. Yeah. So now the last question, I have to ask it, Michael Jordan or LeBron? I'm going to say LeBron. I think that's because I'm young, but uh-huh. <laughs> um, LeBron has been in the championship pretty much like every year of my life. Well, not every year, but like I think it was eight years in a row, which is like almost half of my life or a third of my life. Yeah. So I'm going to go with LeBron. Okay. Any other reasons? I guess just comparing their their game. What are your your thoughts on? Yeah, I mean, I guess seeing Last Dance definitely opened up my eyes to like how dominant Jordan was and how mm-hmm. competitive he was as a player. Mm-hmm. So yeah, his mentality. But I think my hat goes to LeBron. Yeah, 
I love that. I mean, I, I grew up, I guess I, I mean, I was pretty young. I was born in 1989. Um, but I, I pretty much grew up in the Jordan era. My brother is a basketball fanatic. In fact, he's a high school coach now. So kind of like through osmosis, I already kind of knew everything that would be going on with Jordan. And I also live in South Florida. So we had LeBron for a couple of years with our championships. So I have love in my heart for both of them. They're both just such amazing athletes. And I'm looking forward to the day that we get a LeBron documentary. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, with social media nowadays, it, I don't think it would be as great as the last dance, but yeah, that definitely would be cool to see. Well, that's the biggest thing that blew me away about the last dance, or one of the biggest was just the footage that they had. I, I couldn't believe just that he documented everything. And I'm hoping that I'm sure LeBron is doing that in some way, or all these mega athletes have their own entourage of camera crews and just documenting their lives for content sake. So we'll see. Yeah, it was definitely smart that they had it in the locker room, the footage. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm so happy for you. I'm going to be continuing to follow along on the account and retweeting every chance I get. Um, is there anything else you want to add just about this experience and the future? The um, definitely been a crazy experience. Give Jordan Jamming a follow on Twitter. Um, hopefully some new content will be on the way soon. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll DM you some, uh, some requests. <laughs> Welcome to listen for sure. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. This has been a blast. And I'm so happy that we finally got some sports content on this podcast because I, I always talk about music and TV and movies. So thank you for helping us diversify a bit. <laughs> of course. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe or better yet, leave a review. You can also join our Facebook group called Making the Brand Groupies for real-time pop culture discussions you can actually learn from. As always, thanks for listening.